Well, I think <clears throat> agenda item number one for today is probably to go ahead and work through the mental chuckle you might be having when we're asked to think of mother-in-law and demon in, the same, <laughs> in that same mental phrase. <clears throat> and actually, I, I think you know this already, but I, I teach at the undergraduate level uh, during the week, and, and one thing that, that we work on is the idea that meaning is in people and not in words or other symbols. And that's something I'd like to work with you today is on thinking about demon in the way it's written in Mark and um, thinking about mother-in-laws too, actually. <clears throat> so uh, I, I hope that your experience with Epiphany at St. Martin has been like mine. I've been having an epiphany during the season of Epiphany. And it started when Father Gavin, a couple of weeks ago, you'll remember, he introduced us to the idea that any time we draw a line, a line of separation, that Jesus is on that other side of the line. And then uh, last week, Father Allen, if you didn't get a chance to hear Father Allen last week and you were disappointed that you saw my name on the list today, there's good news. Our homilies are recorded and available to you on the website. And you definitely want to go and hear Father Allen from last week for a couple of reasons. Um, it was good. <laughs> I mean, it was really good. So you might want to watch it twice. But um, what... What Father Allen laid out last week is the first half of the day. What we're working on today is the second half of the day in Mark. So what, what Father Allen was laying out last week was that Jesus was confronted by an unclean spirit, and in that encounter, Jesus was able to establish his healing and liberating work. That's what last week was about, was establishing healing and liberating work. Now, this week, we're going to go into a little bit more substance <clears throat> for what exactly that healing and liberating work might be. And from the story of the gospel that you just heard, there was teaching in the synagogue last week. We picked up after the teaching in the synagogue, and that's when Jesus arrives at Simon's mother-in-law's house and begins this healing work. Now, uh, we've got to unpack some words here, like I said earlier, uh, one of my mentors over the years that has had a strong influence on me is uh, Father Don Fisher, who's a Roman Catholic priest in Dallas. And he's the one who you might be familiar with from the Pastoral Reflections program that used to air on WRR uh, in the mornings. And um, so as I was wrestling with the concept of demons, I went to Father Don and he's very quick to point out right at the very beginning that if we approach demons as devil possession, we have a major oversimplification. That's not what this text is about. And so maybe a flavor of what we're going to work on this morning is the idea of casting out the demon of demonization. So we're in epiphany, and epiphany means manifestation, revelation, appearing. If we jump onto this idea of manifest, we're talking about to embody to give life to something, especially something that's abstract. Every closing phrase of the hymn we sang earlier, God made flesh in, in man, in human form. So if the point of religion is to figure out who has halos and who has horns, and then the point of religion is to separate ourselves from the horns, 
you see what happens. Uh, Father Allen again introduced that to us last week. We're suddenly at risk for putting everybody with horns in a bus and dropping them off in Denver and then living under the myth that everything's better now in Texas. And you know that just doesn't work. At a personal level, it's probably even more challenging if we're to believe that religion is about cutting out the horns and maximizing the halos, and that's a good agenda, don't get me wrong here. But if that's what we focus on, is denying that part of ourself that presents to us the very struggles through which we're to learn and grow, we're really missing out on what it's all about or what it could be about. Eric Fromm is a favorite social psychologist, not a theologian, but Eric Fromm um, has a quote that I really, really like, and it goes like this. The whole life of the individual is nothing but the process of giving birth to the self. Let me say that once again. The whole life of the individual is nothing but the process of giving life, giving birth to the self. He, he goes on. Indeed, we should be fully born when we die. Although it's the tragic fate of most individuals to die before they are born. So let's jump into Mark here. Let's jump into the deep end here for a minute and do a little bit of Bible scholarship. So God is made manifest to show us how to have fullness of life. Um, there's a Harvard divinity scholar named Matthew Bolton, and, and he hones in on, for Mark, what's described as a messianic secret, a messianic secret. And, and the idea is this, that the anointed one we're expecting should come in a triumphant ceremony. You know, big parade, banners, the scout troop. We should have, you know, a big aha, here we are. And instead, we have a humble entry. We have a suffering servant. And you know how this story goes. We have the revelation of Messiah through death and resurrection. So again, this is day one of Jesus' ministry, and we're being taught how it's about healing, restoration, and hope. And as I said earlier, we're going to play not just with the idea of demon, but we're going to play with this idea of mother-in-law. And notice the mother-in-law comes first in the story. And this same scholar, Bolton, takes us right to the key phrase and says, this is what the point is for today. He came took her by the hand, and lifted her up. And the Bible scholars, of course, work with translation to get underneath the meaning because it's been translated for us. And if we go to the original text and we look at the four verbs in that sentence, we have to come near, to take hold, to waken or arise, and then to serve or to minister. So our message of Jesus' healing is renewed strength, reinvigoration, a reawakening, a restoration, a return. Notice, too, how at sundown on day one, they brought him all who were struggling. And notice, you might want to pull it out and read it so you don't think I'm telling you something that's not printed there. The whole city was at the door. <laughs> the whole city, with horns and halos both. And Jesus brought healing and fullness of life. You know, it'd be fun to have the CNN evening news program from that day. 
it'd be fun to hear the words of the mother-in-law and to hear what she had to say. I was touched. I felt lifted up. I felt empowered to serve. I think in my list of the stories that I'd like to hear, They go something like this. I was touched. They gave me corn. I was lifted up. They gave me a coat. They wrapped me in a prayer shawl. They gave me prayer beads. When it was the worst and I didn't know how I was going to deal with my medical debt, they touched me. They lifted me up. They helped me. And now I can see the path forward for that next step. Okay, so heavy agenda for day one, but notice we're next taken in sequence to prayer. Jesus goes away to pray, to reflect, to be in solitude, to have time with God. The other thing that I get a kick out of playing with is that that tone of voice when Simon and the others, you know, if it's Simon or one of the others, I don't know, but, but that text, was it a compassionate text? Gosh, Jesus, everyone is, is searching for you. Or is it maybe the more contemporary text we might hear in our mind, they show up, dude, everybody's searching for you. <laughs> Either way, though, notice Jesus' response. Let's go. Let's get up and go so I can bring fullness of life to other places because that's what I came to do. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, this is hard work uh, to confront struggles. It's hard work. And uh, thankfully, we have this beautiful text from the second part of Isaiah this part of Isaiah is dated to the time during the exile in Babylon or shortly just after the, exi the uh, exile in Babylon. And we have beautiful words of comfort and assurance. And I mean, it just doesn't get better than texts like this. You can run and not grow weary. The Lord will be your God. You will soar like an eagle. We have the power to do this work. We have the power to do this work at the personal level. We have the power to do this work as a community, and that's why we do it as a community. That's why we kneel together at the altar to be, as we'll pray later this morning, fed with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. And in that same prayer, we'll ask for the strength and courage to love and to serve and to be a source of life for others to bring fullness of life for ourselves and to bring fullness of life for others. And for that opportunity, thanks be to God. <laughs>